Coming up on today's show. I met Sandra Bernhard back in 2010. It was at South by Southwest. I was living in Austin. And yeah, I mean, that was a real turning point in my career. Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Be sure you are on the list for the weekly e-newsletter. I know we put in our email address online somewhere because of some free something we want to get, and we know they're going to put us on their mailing list. And man, sometimes it just gets so annoying with how much that person then proceeds to overwhelm you with nonsense. I'm happy to report that I only send out on Wednesday when a new episode of this show comes out. So make sure you're signed up to receive that for free to your inbox. If you're not already getting it, go to my podcast website, nhte.net, and pop your email address into the sign-up box. I do publish exclusives in there from time to time, so don't miss out. I love hearing from listeners of this show. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Los Angeles, my guest is a recording artist who has scored over 30 films and had over 100 songs placed in film and TV shows. A singer, composer, and multi-instrumentalist, among her film scoring projects is Maxine, a just-released Disney Plus film starring Margaret Cho. She is a voting member of the Recording Academy and a four-time Hollywood Music and Media Award nominee. This past year, two of her film scores were presented at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Museum. She has her own recording studio in L.A., and her latest solo album, is a nine-song release that came out on August 11th and is up for Grammy consideration for Best New Age, Ambient, or Chant Album. You've been hearing a song of hers called Earth. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Carla Petullo. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you for the lovely introduction, and thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for making time to talk with me today. Let's get started by having you share with the audience first all about the song of yours that was just playing called Earth. Yeah, Earth came to be, um, you know, it was a, a post, you know, COVID song where, um, you know, I was starting to walk a lot more and take these hikes, you know, to get out of my house <laughs> during COVID. And, you know, on, on my one of my walks in particular, I, I just remembered how how connected I felt to um, it was in uh, Temescal Canyon in Santa Monica. And I just remember feeling so, um, I don't know, moved by, you know, being in the middle of nature. And, 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 and that's where the song started. It was definitely the starting point in my head. I, I just felt like emotionally connected to it. And um, yeah, literally began writing it when I got home. Mm. Did you start to hear a melody as you were out on the walk? Did you start to hear maybe a certain instrument playing said melody? I did. Well, you know, it was really just like the wind and the trees that kind of it's where it started for me with this one. 
And um, and that like is where I think the melody began. I started, you know, hear, hearing these melodies in my head. And then once I got home, I I started, you know, just tinkering around on the piano a little bit. And um, and it just poured out of me. And are you recording in that moment in some way, shape or form to, to capture the spontaneity and the freshness of the idea that you just brought to the piano? Yeah, you know, I, I try to just be very minimal in my beginning approach, you know, like where I try not to overplay, you know, I, I let my voice kind of take over at first. Uh, so it's really like, you know, I'll have some chords laid out or, you know, kind of come up with different variations before I even like commit to anything. Uh, but just let my voice kind of go off and see where it goes. Yeah, I like that because the picture that you're painting for me is right now it's more important to get the idea down than it is to write and complete the whole song. I just need to make sure that I remember what just came to mind as I was out there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, funny enough, I thought that I was writing this instrumental piece that was just going to go off and like not really have like a firm structure necessarily but you mm. know the structure then came you know because it's a pretty clean cut structure so um you know so it, it, it's really interesting you know like at least mentally for me getting rid of that form i think allowed me to write this melody that could really flow mm. yeah <laughs> nice nice i like it well congratulations on the new album thank you which is going to be turning two months old uh, one week after this interview is released a nine song release titled so she howls and wow the inspiration behind the album was a near-death experience yes tell us all about that yeah well you know it, it really this album started from a grieving point of my losing my mom mm. um, years ago. And, you know, kind of, you know, when you lose someone, you go through this, you know, every time something big happens in your life or even the little things, you wonder what it would be like if they were there. Mm. And and so for me, uh, I, I had a, a bit of a health scare. Um, and, you know, and that was like... Um, you know, when you're in something like that, you, you don't really have, you don't have control necessarily of the outcome, but you have a control of your pr perspective, I guess. <laughs> and, um, and so I, it began being, you know, kind of this place where I could heal and, and write about what's on the, you know, you could, you can sit in this place where you're like, oh gosh, this is horrible. Or, you can like start to notice some of the other great things that surround you. Um, and so that, th this is how it kind of started. And, you know, and it was this place where I could kind of go to that, you know, that wasn't, not that it was an escape, but just a place where I could let these emotions come out more. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. I do like that title. So she howls. I know there's, a song on the album called So She Howls, but does something to go with that title tie into what you've just described for us? Yeah, because, you know, in the beginning of this experience, I, you know, when you're, for me, when I was going through something so hard, I, I just really didn't, like, I barely, like, 
you know, started from barely wanting to get out of bed. You know? mm. So, you know, getting out there and all I felt like, I felt like I just wanted to howl. Mm. You know? And that's literally how it started. It was like, and, it, and, and, you know, so as the album evolves, some lyrics start to come in, but it, it, it really like, it was just, I felt like it had to come out of me, but there weren't words there yet. And, and then it, I, I just, yeah, I just kind of went with that flow. And a lot of those vocal tracks are, you know, recorded from that time. Like I didn't go back and re-record them. They were just record in, you know, sing. Wow. <laughs> wow. But describe in what context you're using the word howl. Howl as in negative, positive, neutral. I'm thinking of a coyote howling. In which context are you using so she howls? Yeah, I think it's it's more of like it's 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 more in a neutral. It's not like in a um, you know it's it's neutral because there's both parts. You know, there's the the grieving and the hardship, but then there's the, also this openness that like oh, there's this inve- adventure ahead because I'm a new person now. Mm. You know, like uh, there's been this switch, and um, so that's yeah, that's that's. You know, I think of nature, I think of, you know, of animals and this connection that I've had with all my deep walks into the uh, canyons here and stuff. And it's it's been really interesting to, I don't know, just let go of myself and, and, and really just howl. Yeah, and I can see where <laughs> now that you're mentioning animals and you're again going back to deep walks in the canyon, I can see where a song like Earth would be a natural extension of what should be on this album and thus is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I do plan to ask you during our conversation today about your recording studio, but first, where was the So She Howls album recorded? Who produced it? Over what period of time was it recorded? Did you write it completely by yourself? Plus, you had some very notable contributors to this project, so just all the -the behind-the-scenes details, if you could, please. Yeah, well... Like like I was saying too, I, I kind of just started this through the process of what I was going through. So that was very much by myself in my my studio. Mm. In fact, I actually started it uh, while I was um, with family. So I was, you know, it was very stripped down, you know, just me and like my laptop, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and a microphone. <laughs> I see. Um, but then like, you know, as I got back into my studio in here in LA, I, I began like, you know, still by myself, just working out like the different frequencies and, you know, kind of where I wanted the, um, the album to be spatially. Mm -hmm. And so that process, you know, took me, you know, probably four or five months to just kind of sit that and take these tracks and, and, and bring them into like their full arrangement and, and stuff like that. And, um, and then I connected with um, Martha Mook, who is an exceptional um, violist uh, who uh, is out in New York. And um, we had met years ago and um, she does a concert. She, she had recently done a concert with Philip Glass um, for the Tibetan house concert. And I just thought like, I've been wanting to collaborate with her for years and I thought she would be the perfect fit for this. Mm. So I went to New York um, to collaborate with her Scorchio Quartet out there. Yeah. And they, I mean, all phenomenal musicians. And um, 
And it was really, uh, it was really a wonderful experience because it was what I had hoped it would be, which was I, I walked into a room of musicians who were, you know, took the time to listen to my story mm. and also put themselves in that vulnerable place. Um, so it, it, it felt very magical to, to record with them. And then, you know, for, from that point, I, I had, you know, getting towards the end of the album, I, I have always been a big fan of Lily Hayden um, and uh, Tonality, uh, two groups out here at L.A., and, um, you know, and I really, you know, envisioned them being on that album. And, you know, finally, we set up a recording session here at my studio. And, um, and it was just amazing. I, 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 I said to Lily Hayden, I said, you're like the wings on this album, you know, mm. like, because she comes in on, on the last two tracks. And it, it's like this, uh, she takes it to this place of adventure where I, I, I wanted to do and and you know and I, and as I'm still healing I needed a little lift from Lily to to get me there so mm. yeah <laughs> wow nicely said and folks for those of you that don't know the names Lily Hayden is a Grammy winning musician and Tonality is a Grammy nominated vocal ensemble Carla I assume which is always a bad word I assume that you ended up deciding to just self produce this because it was so personal so internal that. I would argue it's tough to bring in someone who's going to do a better job, maybe maybe at most production-wise, but I think in terms of capturing the spirit of what you're describing yeah. that is carried out throughout this release, I don't know why you would bring in an outside producer. Yeah, you know, I, I'm very, like, there was a certain point where I actually was like, hmm, should I bring in a producer? And I was like, well... I, I've been in in my studio kind of producing a lot, but I just felt because it was so personal that bringing someone, like you just said, bringing someone else in um, at this point, it just, I just let it kind of naturally evolve and it just didn't feel natural at that point, you mm. know, to bring somebody in. But, you know, it, it was, it was really like, it was really fun because there was a, a first point where I, I had this, a draft of the album and then I really went in there and I said, you know what? Let me like really assess this and 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 change it up a bit, you know. And mm. I, and I did, and so you know, it's it's, I don't know. In, in the end, I think it. I followed really what was uh, what I was experiencing, and I think ultimately that's really what I wanted to put out there with this one. Well, yeah. and let's face it. It sounds like you would have been just bringing in a producer for the sake of bringing in a producer, right? And even though one could argue, well, couldn't you have brought someone in? and then listen to what he or she did and then decided between the two, the answer is, sure, I could, but now I've just lost time and money if I decide that what I originally did in the first place is what I'm going to stick with. And right. it sounds like you were just so passionate about capturing the origin of these feelings that you were experiencing, that you were expressing musically, that at that point, it just becomes a no-brainer. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if I think there was a lot of rawness that I wanted to come out of this too. And, and I know there's producers out there that are really great with that and capturing raw material, but it just, you know, like literally I would like wake up and be like, okay, record. And I guess that's the luxury of having like <laughs> home studios nowadays, right? Like, Oh, I'm in this mood. Like, let's get this, let's capture it now. You know? So it, it becomes less of a performance 
performance and more of like a reality, I guess, Mm. you know? And I think, you know, that's what to me is special about this album is that it's just really raw in that way. Yeah, I like that. I like that expression. And there's something to be said, too, for the luxury of I know it's 11.45 p.m., but I don't have to disturb (laughs) any to get this down for me. I can just go walk in there and record it myself, whether it takes 15 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and and. You know, and there's there's things you I you know let go of, like for example, there's a song called uh, "We Remember," and that track was literally recorded in a very small bedroom when I was on uh, visiting family on the road. But I just remember it just poured. You know, I literally wrote that as I sang it, wow. and so that's the take. Wow, wow. <laughs> and I thought, like, I I know, like this is this is recording this is I recorded this moment and you know I could sit there and dissect it um you know oh maybe I should go hit that note again or whatever but I did it and I think that was a big uh, I I actually feel like I I grew from that moment Mm. just letting go of 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 some of those things that you know you know sometimes in the end the emotion is really what needs to carry something and I, I think in that instance it really is Well, and I admire you because in this day and age, as you said, of having a home studio and just so much software that's out there and the ability to go back and make changes, you know, you're under a deadline that's only imposed by yourself. Right. And so it would be very easy. As we all know, every artist is their own worst critic. So it would be very easy to sit there and say, yeah, maybe I should just try that line over again. But you know, erring on the side of less is more. I really admire that. I think, and folks, correct me if I'm wrong, if you never heard it, go back and listen to it. But last year in April, episode 428, Chris Polonis, I'm pretty sure he's the one that talked about, you know, I'm not really big on trying to get so, 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 so many takes. I'd rather just get it in the first couple, two, three, four takes and then move on from there. So, yeah. you know, hats off to you, Carla, for deciding. Yeah, you know, I, is it something that I could correct sure do i want to no not really i'm gonna take something away from it and then it is gonna start to be more on the produced side than than the spontaneous and the natural side yeah and you know it was so funny too i will say you know talking about producers i was reading um rick rubin's uh book (laughs) latest (laughs) book During the process, and it, 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 it was kind of like a little bit having some of his wisdom come in there. Uh, it, that was a nice little thing to have to read during this process of letting go and putting the album out there, too. And folks, there you have it. Uh, episode 428 it was with Chris Polonis. His quote during that interview was, I'm really into capturing an actual performance. I don't like to do the cut a track, do 25 tracks of vocals, comp the vocal, get the best one available. I don't do that. End quote. Carla, you are doing an album release party tomorrow, Thursday, October 5, in Santa Monica. What all do you have planned that way? On the odd chance that someone's listening to this in time, where is it being held? What time is it? How did they get in? Is there admission? All the details. Yeah, so it it starts at 6 p.m. at Endless Noise, which is another studio here in uh, Santa Monica. It's also a vinyl shop, so um, they have a nice selection of vinyl and coffee. And we will be doing a performance upstairs, and joining me will be uh, the Goose and Player Bebe, 
Uh, she's phenomenal. You can hear her in Disney's Mulan. And she actually um, uh, worked on my Maxine soundtrack. And um, and then I will be having uh, Tonality performing with me, mm. along with uh, Lisa Liu, a, f- a fantastic violinist here based in L.A., and um and you know our vibes are going to be healing vibes so it's going to be i think a really um you know nice space to come and unwind for people after work <laughs> and um we'll have a meet and greet and and yes i pressed vinyl so ah. um <laughs> there will be vinyl available too wow wow very interesting is this free and open to the public or do they need to buy tickets or reserve a spot online it's free and open, and right now there's uh, I have the links on my website, so you can go and uh, go to the website, and uh, people can just uh, go there. But I do have an RSVP uh, thing happening just to – we have a small capacity, so I don't really sure. want anyone waiting in line. So okay. they, they're guaranteed entry if you RSVP. Okay, okay, good to know. We're at the time of year when a lot of artists are posting that a project of theirs is up for Grammy consideration. Since that's the case with you for So She Howls, can you talk about the mental side of that, meaning how much time you do or don't and maybe should or shouldn't think about that (laughs) and the potential to influence voters, how much you can do, how much you can't do, not getting too caught up in the, oh my gosh, what ifs? You know, I think it's just about this album being visible and and me being visible as an artist, I think, you know, I try to, you know, I, I put it on the business hat is always the harder hat, you know, for me, the toughest to put on. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, being visible also to people so that they know that this album's even out there or, you know, um, and that you're creating music is I, I think something that, deserves time and so I try to but I you know these expectations uh you know are kind of high right I mean I do think like being able to connect with uh with musicians and fellow uh, you know producers and artists is really great and inspiring too um so I I have been in touch with uh, various people who have projects out this year and it's it's really fascinating to to hear their music and hear their stories so you know I try to see it with that perspective more <laughs> and this community perspective and um, and hopefully people will listen and also consider <laughs> my album yeah for sure for sure well congratulations nonetheless it's very exciting and obviously everybody wants to win but I think there's a lot a lot of value in being able to tell people that you had a project that was up for Grammy consideration. Yes, you certainly want the nomination, uh, but please don't shortchange yourself. I'm not saying that you are. I think there's too many people that kind of throw it away, and then maybe it's because they've done so many of them. But uh, right. I can say for a fact there's certainly tremendous marketing value in that, and as you're talking about with the business hat, I'm sure you see that 100%. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. By the time this interview gets released, Maxine will have just recently been released on Disney+. Plus. This is a potential teaching moment for those in the audience who are aspiring performers, and it kind of follows on what we were just talking about relative to having a song for Grammy consideration. Carla, when a TV show or film comes out that you've got a placement in, is it realistic to expect a big bump in song downloads or streams or possibly even see more followers on social media? Or perhaps is it more about 
great. This can only help me continue to get more placements. You know, it's a little bit of both. It depends what type of placement it is. Like, you know, years ago I had a placement on uh, the show Dance Moms where a young dancer went out and danced to a song of mine. And all of a sudden it was like people were liking my, you know, I had this thought like following that, you know, I didn't like purposely tap into, but it was pretty cool. Right. And, um, and, you know, like I think with Maxine too, it's like, you know, I think, you know, Disney is being put out by Disney and I think they're doing a lot of marketing. So I do think it'll, it'll help. Um, you know, when I work on even indie projects, um, like I, I did a horror comedy called porno, which was really a fun film. Um, and it, you know, ended up, you know, getting, I feel like people in that scene ended up really liking it and following me there too. So I do think it helps there. And I think another important thing that it helps with is, you know, keeping the lights on in your studio, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause uh, that's important. <laughs> too. So help me understand this because, you know, what I'm thinking is when you said you had the song on Dance Moms and all of a sudden all these people started finding you, my mind went to, okay, these people all of a sudden want to know everything about me quick. What do I do next? So you get so many opportunities. I think it's so difficult to build a strategy to say, if this gets a bump, if this takes off, if this is successful, if this wins, you could put all these contingencies in place and maybe only one time out of 10 actually need to activate that. Am I on to something here or is it, no, Bruce, actually I have contingencies every single time something's about to drop. Yeah, no, I mean, it's very, it's, you know, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to know and, you know, what to expect from projects, you know, it really is. It's like, and and you, you do have to, like you said, you, you kind of like, okay, well, you got to act quick, right. And try to, you know, engage that audience more or, you know, con- figure out how to continue to build your, your audience. I think, you know, for me, I've, I, you know, different films, I mainly do film scores. So, you know, these film scores are so across very different genres, like, you know, you know, 12 year old kids from dance moms is very different than like a kind of horror genre film, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then this album, which is, you know, I think shows me fully as all my work, you know, it's like got haunting elements, but it also has like very playful elements to it. And I think, you know, this type of thing, you know, hopefully is a place where it engages all of these projects, you know, people from all of these projects. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think it's, um, it's not easy. It's, it's, I think you just continuing to, 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 to put stuff out there and, and, you know, hope that, you know, you're reaching people and that there's something that they're engaged with or that they want to continue to engage with you because there's something there that um, continues to pull them in. Yeah, exactly. It's more a case of, I'm just going to continue with my regular workflow. If the people check out my body of work, there's plenty there for them to find. I'm not going to be on standby. If this drops and really succeeds, I'm going to write a new song. That's just way too much pressure. And it does kind of disrupt your natural say muscle memory in terms of what I would have been doing Tuesday morning instead of, well, I guess I'm writing a song now that I wasn't planning on writing. Yeah. I've kind of, I kind of let go of a lot of that, like chasing or, you know, um, 
and maybe it is a more lucrative place, but for my own happiness, I've just really uh, feel like I just got to keep being authentic to myself and putting out music that I love. I love it. And yeah, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) On a related note, congratulations on having had two of your film scores presented at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Museum. Can you share with us all about that? Yeah, that was um, two films that were um, archived by uh, a woman named Mindy Johnson. And they they were very uh, beautiful films from, I mean, she basically restored these films, um, gosh, like from the 1912s, I, th- I think mm. it was. Yeah, and so and it was cool. So I put um, a film score to them. And, um, and and it was really a beautiful experience. It was at the museum, and they showed it in their theater there. And, you know, I had done work before in um, with silent films. I'm a, a big uh, Lotta Reiniger fan. Mm. Um, I, my, my partner and I actually made a documentary about Lotta years ago. And um, and so, you know, there turns out that there's been a lot of women uh, and uh, a few different women before Disney and which has been, you know, kind of not as out front, you know, um, um, in history, at least mm-hmm. uh, to kids studying at film school. So it's really cool to have that um, being represented now. Mm, yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Los Angeles by singer, composer, and multi-instrumentalist Carla Petullo. Visit her official website at carlapetullo.com. I will have a link for it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. You heard her talking all about her new album called So She Howls. Look on her website for the link for that release, and you will see a whole page on it, which includes a list with links to stream via Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, Bandcamp, and Tidal. Find Carla on social media as well. You will see links at the top of her website for Twitter and Instagram. Plus, she is on both Facebook and YouTube as well. By the way, I recommend you spend some time with the Projects page of CarlaPetullo.com to see and hear lots and lots of the various work that she has done. Meanwhile, I also recommend that you get yourself on the OWL app. You hear me talking about it every week, and I even always include an invitation at the end of my blog every Monday to join me, to call me on there. What are you waiting for to make new great connections? By the way, this is OWL, like the bird, except with two W's and two L's. And as I've mentioned before, they are not a sponsor. They're not paying me to talk about them. I just really like using OWL. I've made good connections on there, and I would love for you to not only get the same benefit, but to call me on there so we can talk about this podcast or whatever I might be able to help you with, be it in podcasting or through the work I do as a publicist. Stop putting all your connection eggs in the LinkedIn basket. Yes, I still use and am active on LinkedIn, but you don't only use one social media platform, so why can't you use multiple professional connection platforms? On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere it says home, And then read the article I have posted there under the headline, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away, to learn more about OWL. I've also got links in there for you to download the app for free from either the App Store or Google Play. Plus, you will see my invitation code, which is a required field as you're setting up the app on your phone. 
Get on OWL and start on your way to making great new connections for your career. Carla, in the first half of the show, we were talking about your new album, So She Howls. Audience, check this out. One of the songs from that release was featured on a Spotify editorial playlist. Plus, the album has been featured by Ear Milk, the Chicago Tribune, Hollywood Digest, and many more media outlets. Carla, that's all fantastic. As someone who does spend so much time with film scoring, as evidenced by the 100-plus film and TV placements, how much does all that attention to you as an artist mean to you and the obvious acceptance of your music? And for that matter, does it maybe inspire you to say, I need to get at creating more new music to release then, I guess? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, with film projects and, and TV projects, it's it's very fast-moving world, you know? Like, there's always uh, these deadlines that are, you know, really tough. <laughs> and And because of that, it's the opportunity when you make your album, right, is just bigger to you have like a bigger window to explore I feel because you have more time and you're not like you know following someone else's vision right Mm -hmm. you're kind of doing your own thing and with putting out this album I've been realizing how much I love that space of putting out music and albums because it really is a place for me to grow um, and explore myself as you know what my sound is so that's like, yeah, that's pretty, I, I think it's a, sometimes, you know, I feel like the film stuff where I've gone with that will inspire my albums. Like, mm. I'll, you know, like this album's very, um, it, it actually was uh, mixed by Daniel Kresko, who's a fantastic film, uh, does a lot of film score mixing. Um, and so, you know, sometimes, you know, things will carry over from that cinematic sound. Um and then, like, sometimes the things I'm, new things I'm exploring with my voice uh, will carry through in my film scores. So I, I do love the balance of having both. I like it. I like it. And so it sounds like you're telling us, don't be surprised if there's another solo Carla Petullo album yeah. somewhere in the future. <laughs> That's exciting. I, I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I want to just take time to highlight, though, some of the film and TV placements you've gotten. It is such a highly sought-after opportunity for countless music makers nowadays, and you've just really established such a solid footing in that arena. Two that jump out at me are The Ellen DeGeneres Show and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Carla, what would you say was kind of the entry point for you at the start of all these placements? And then also, what maybe was, if it exists, the one thing you can point to that maybe signified, okay, this is going to be steady and good work for me? I mean, I, in the in the very beginning, I started getting placements on um, some soap operas, and particularly <laughs> The Young and the Restless. Okay. And, and and that was my first placement, and 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 I actually ended up getting a lot of placements on that show. Um, and what was great was because you know being on the road at that time, I was on the road with my band. And, you know, it was really hard, you know, and like with with, you know, selling CDs and making, you know, being able to survive on the road. I think a lot of people know it's tough. Right. And so, you know, that opened me up to the possibility of, oh, wow, this is like how you can really, again, Uh, keep the lights on in your studio. Okay, I see. And then 
but then, you know, through this process, I, I, I had a publishing deal. Um, I, I'm still with them. A very, uh, they're more of a music library these days, but uh, heavy hitters out here in L.A. And, um, and I met a really wonderful woman, uh, Cindy Bedell Slaughter, and she kind of took me under her wing. And I began writing um, songs uh, specifically for TV, you know, to be pitched for different shows and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and yeah, and I, and it was, it was really, um, a great opportunity because, you know, so much of my music before had been about writing about me <laughs> and my experiences. And so it did give me this opportunity to like, Oh, let me write about this. Let me have like a, a, a like almost like a, a bigger perspective, like look at both sides of the story and kind of look at it more in an otherworldly type of way, I guess. And I think, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, oh, they start to, you start to actually build more and you start to realize, you know, writing a song for television or film is different. You know, like there are certain elements that you need, like to support motion in film, you know, mm. and there's certain lyrics that, you know, you can't be, you know, too specific because, it, you know, the if you're so specific in your lyric writing, then it won't fit as many scenes, mm. right? So just little things like that that you, you start to learn and then and so on. Yeah. yeah, great perspective, great perspective. So I want to get back to something that I mentioned in the first half of the show that I would be asking you about. And needless to say, you can tell that I have a personal interest in this as someone who has just in the last, say, month or so settled into a new podcast studio of my own. I'm most excited to hear all about the Soundry, which is your new recording studio. We talked about Maxine, the Disney project, which I'm told was the first project you recorded there. Yes. And please feel free to geek out and tell me all about what you've done in terms of acoustics as well. Oh, yeah. So I've been dreaming of a space, you know, like this since I was a kid, really. I mean, and, you know, now, like, you know, more than ever, like during COVID, I was like, oh, I got to do something with my time. And, you know, <laughs> and so I really was like, you know what, let's just pull the trigger and do it. And luckily for me, uh, my partner is an architect. <laughs> ah. So that really helped. And, and she's just really smart, uh, you know, with, with sound and, and also knowing like, you know, hmm, how should we build this in a way where, you know, we could be really efficient with the space that we have. Um, but also, you know, be able to have, um, all the things that, you know, really invite like a, a big group of people. Like I had tonality come in here and perform and that's, uh, you know, it was 12 singers. And ah. so, so for, uh, for, you know, a studio, by the way, my, my studio is, uh, part of my house is like in the, the front it's, you know, in LA, we have a lot of ADUs. So it's, my additional unit in uh, behind my house. And, um, and we were able to like, you know, build these really tall ceilings. And um, we went out and got all sorts of materials to, you know, stop things from reflecting in bad ways. We, you know, what was beautiful about the process is that we, you know, we had somebody helping us with uh, wiring, but we kind of just took the time to get in there and do it ourselves. And, um, and so it was really a COVID project and yeah. And so it's really been this place I thought about, you know, gradually opening it up more for people to come in, um, and record, you know, projects per the hour. But I don't know, I, something about it as just being a space to invite friends to 
to either jam out or, you know, just record something special that they've been wanting to record for a while. It seems right to me. So will this be a project studio? Obviously, it's not a commercial studio, but will this be a project studio or is it, no, I'm really just kind of here doing my own work and, and that's it? I, I'd love for it to grow into a project studio. Um, you know, besides like right now, I've yeah mainly been doing my film scores and albums and I have like a friend that, you know, comes in and, and they'll start jamming out. And, and, and sometimes when I invite people over, we'll start jamming out. So I hope it continues to grow in that way. Um, everything's white in here, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I kind of got over the dark, you know, cre you know, and, and there's one window in the control room, which was a big decision because, uh, you know, obviously for sound, you don't want, you know, you don't want noise and you don't want like anything to reflect off the glass. But, um, but I did want to see a little, I have a beautiful tree. And so, <laughs> you know, it's like the compromise, right? Which, so, and I, and, and there's light coming into the studio, very beautiful lights, but it still sounds really beautiful. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's a really important project to me as it evolves. I'm excited to see where it goes. And folks, you're welcome. I did the work for you. So you don't have to look up on what I always call the world's largest search engine. I don't say G-O-O-G-L-E out loud because then my phone perks up <laughs> waiting for me. to. So I just looked up as Carla was talking on the world's largest search engine, what is ADU? It says an accessory dwelling unit, usually just called an ADU, is a secondary housing unit on a single family residential lot. So there, keep listening to the podcast. Don't put us on pause so that you can run to the world's largest search engine and see what that stands for. <laughs> and audience, check this out too. Carla previously served as musical director for the legendary comedian Sandra Bernhardt, and Carla has shared the stage with Liza Minnelli, Rufus Wainwright, and Justin Vivian Bond. Wow, Carla, do tell. Those have to have provided some really memorable moments, just in terms of both career highlights as well as, I imagine, some great on-the-job education. Oh, yeah. You know, I met Sandra Bernhardt back in 2010. It was at South by Southwest. I was living in Austin. And yeah, I mean, that was a real turning point in my career um, because I really had been just, you know, performing in my band of the time, White Widow, and, you know, like really just focusing on my own music. And when I got to meeting Sandra, she had asked me to go on tour with her and, um, and music direct. Whoa. Yeah. So I, I ended up opening for her at a show at South by Southwest. And so that's how we met. And, um, ah. and it was, it was like so cool for me because I always loved her, you know, she, I was a, a fan. So it was always like, you know, this like, wow, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you know, but we became friends and, you know, and we toured uh, for a few years. And um, one of those shows led me to New York, um, where we did a, a pretty big performance at town hall and, um, and Sandra invited some of her friends to that show to perform with her. And so it, it was a really fun night. And, and, you know, Liza Minnelli is one of her, you know, I think she loves Liza Minnelli. And, um, and, and so it was a really cool experience because we got to go to Liza's house and perform with her wow. on her piano and, wow. and, and talk with her. And I mean, she was just, so sweet and like uh, and it was just kind of it was magical to see her like just get up at the piano and be like 
you know, B flat or whatever key she wanted it in and like, okay, here we go. Boom. Mm. And the way she, she is off stage with how she is on stage, you know, like just that ready to go, you mm. know, there's no, you know, and, and I, you know, through my career, I've met a lot of fussy, you know, people <laughs> on stage and she is not like, she, I just remember she would just be like, okay, what time sound check up? Oh, okay, good. We're there. Done. You know? And I don't know. So and, and that's cool. the same with Sandra, you know, she just always showed up and like was just ready to go. It was just really inspiring. I felt really lucky to um, have that experience. I'm picturing you on the spot looking at an imaginary television camera and whispering, I'm in Liza freaking Minnelli's house right yeah. now. <laughs> what is my life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it was really, it, really incredible. Um, and, you know, it's, but, it, you know, it's just also getting to know them a little bit off stage, you know, was, was really sweet. Um, and to see like what kind of character. I, I remember at that point I had met her twice because I also had done Sandra's um, New Year's Eve show in New York. She does it every year at Joe's Pub. And Liza had come to that show. And I remember that was the time I was really nervous because I knew she was, I don't know if you've ever been to Joe's Pub in New York. It's a pretty small venue, but she, like, I could see her from the audience. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just remember, like, wow, this is, my heart is beating so fast. Oh, boy. <laughs> But uh, but it was it was really she was a really sweet sweet person. Um, so clarify for me when you keep seeing Sandra Bernhard, you opened for her. She did this show in New York, singing or doing comedy or both. So she she does music and comedy. I was um, singing and and like for her, I did singing and I accompanied her on the piano and guitar. And and when we had bands, I music directed the bands. Mm. And so we would definitely, we would go to different cities a lot of times. And, you know, I would find a guitarist and a drummer or bassist in that city. Okay. And, okay. you know, yeah, that type of thing. So it was a very high energy, fast moving uh, job. And I, and I, and I loved it. It was, it was so fun. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. We're in the home stretch here, but I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to talk about the fact that you are passionate about writing music that supports and advances Inclusion for Women, Immigrants, and the LGBTQIA plus community. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, that's why I'm really excited about uh, Maxine, because it's my first uh, studio film as a composer, a film composer. And the fact that this, the theme in this film is of LGBTQ uh, community. So it's really important to me, and I'm really happy that, you know, kids will get to watch this. Um, it's something as a gay woman that I didn't have as a kid. And I think for, you know, someone, you know, a kid to be able to put on a Disney Plus show and have, you know, and, and, and see that I, I don't want to give up too, away, too much away about the show, but to be able to sit there and be able to relate to the characters in the show, I think is really cool. And I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of that. Um, and I've, scored a lot of, you know, there's a wonderful filmmaker here in LA, Andrea Meyerson, who has uh, for decades put out documentaries about um, especially the lesbian community. And it's it's been really um, great to be a part of that and to support it in a way, you know, with my music, you know, because, you know, sometimes 
a lot of these projects, they don't have, especially in the documentary world, they don't have a lot of funding, right? Mm. And and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're getting in there and you're like, well, okay, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this happen because I really want this film to be heard. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. That's great perspective. We're going to close today with another one of Carla's original songs, one called And Love, which is from her latest album and is the song I was referring to earlier that landed on a Spotify editorial playlist. Carla, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience first, if you would, please, all about this song. Uh, and Love for me is a song that I wrote, you know, I I saw my family kind of flashing before my eyes when I was going through this really tough experience in my life. And, you know, it's kind of like that reminder of like, you know, we can turn the lights on. That's one of the lyrics in the song. And, you know, when we're in this dark place and we feel like we can't get out, like try to remember to turn that light on <laughs> mm. and, and see these people that you love around you, whether they're here or not. <laughs> wow. Wow. Again, I brought on Lily Hayden for this song because, you know, I've always loved her her singing and um, and obviously her her violin playing and um, and I just um, I, I just felt like I needed that energy of hers to you know bring this like com- kind of communal like vibe right of being not being alone <laughs> and then tonality too like I you know I I tried to space it off that the song starts alone but then by the end you you're wrapped up with this whole chorus and um, and you know, we made a video from it. In the the music video is actually footage of um, my family, uh, footage that I had found of my family from like oh, 15 years ago or 20 mm. years ago. Wow. And um, yeah, and so and it's just most of those people are gone, but mm. it's just this beautiful memory, and that's what you know the song is to me, like wow. this beautiful memory. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a nice way to close. And fittingly, I should mention, I'm saying what a nice way to close because I'm referring to our conversation, but you're going to notice, folks, when you look up the new album, So She Howls, that Ann Love is how Carla closes out the album. That's the ninth and final track. Carla, congratulations. Thank you so much for making time to be on Now Here This Entertainment. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Bruce. I did too, and thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, composer, and multi-instrumentalist Carla Petullo. Do visit her official website at carlapetullo.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Today you heard us talking all about Carla's new album, So She Howls. As I mentioned earlier, look on her website for the link for that release, and you will see a whole page on it, which includes a list with links to stream via Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, Bandcamp, and Tidal. Find Carla on social media as well. You will see links at the top of her website for Twitter and Instagram, plus she is on both Facebook and YouTube as well. I already followed her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm sure she would appreciate you doing the same. For that matter, let Carla know that you heard her and her music. I now hear this entertainment. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with Carla and I, and I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. 
You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, more than nine and a half years without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net, and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you will see there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. That's going to do it for episode 503. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Carla Petullo. This is the one she just talked about. It's called And Love.
Don't.